Yeah. Yeah. Pro Fan Sports Podcast. Let's get it. Pro Fan. Tune into the program. Every single week, get the dope fam. Sean on the mic, very flat too. Keep you updated, that's what we do. Pro Fan. Tune into the program. Pro Fan. Tune into the program. Pro Fan. Tune into the program. Every single week, get the dope fam. Yo, 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 what to do, everybody? It's your boy, John Altador with Pro Fan Sports Podcast, where the fans of the pros go back at you with my boys, Vlad and Barry. What's good, fellas? Yeah, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, excited, as always, to be here, ready for another great uh, and, and exciting podcast. So we're on to episode 43, the big 4-3. Episode, oh, man, I forget. We're already on episode 43. Um, Darren Sproles. Yep. Yes, yes. Uh, Kendrick Perkins when he was on the Celtics. Kendrick, Kendrick. Yep, Kendrick yep, thinks Perk. he's like, you know, Kendrick thinks he's like an all-time defender. You know <laughs> right, right. He's first yeah. team all defense. That's remember, what he, he thinks, yeah. Remember when he said like, yo, I, I seen Kobe in Vegas one time and he told me, you know, I was one of the best defenders he's ever played against. But, man, shut <laughs> up, dude. <laughs> Oh man! No, you understand. He was definitely gassed when when he heard Kobe say that. But if if Kobe tells you that, you're gonna take it though. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Right? right. Anybody's gonna be gassed if Kobe says that to you. Kobe probably said, "Yo, in that series, you was a really great defender." But he said, "You're one of the best defenders I've ever played against." Like, come on, man. You know? Yeah, Um, Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm funny. Quite, I believe that too. That. You know, he said it that oh, he's one of the best defenders he uh, ever played against. But I'm sure in that series, because he's played against a lot of really good defenders and right. defenders that are much better than than Perkins. You know, Perkins was a good defender, but I mean, Kobe's gone against quite a few guys that are what I would consider much better than than yeah. Perkins. Still love Perk though. Oh yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Definitely love Perk. Love him as an analyst too. He's hilarious. As he's a, funny. He's and, funny. And, oh yeah, yeah, right, right. When he's on first take and then on the Celtics pregame and postgame show, yeah, this dude has jokes. Yeah. Anyway, man, it's episode forty-three. Anybody else you got, Barry? Any other forty-threes? Um, so we got. Let's see. Um, Nate Ebner. Nate, why would you even like remember Nate Ebner's number? You know, I don't he's know, like a, he not only was obviously he played for the Pats, but. He played um was rugby and was believe on the on the um USA uh, r- rugby team and, and yeah. stuff. So um, yeah, no, I that's how I ended up. Oh, I can't, I can't believe I just remembered this and didn't say this before they ever. Troy Polamalu. Yeah, that's more like it, right? Yeah, that's more much like better, it. much better, much mm-hmm. better. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now he's doing heads and shoulders commercials. That's cool, but oh yeah, you know. still getting them bags. Good for him. Yep. Welcome to the show. If you're watching on YouTube right now, please click the subscribe button, click the notification bell, make sure you're watching these videos every week. Um, you know, if you're on social media, we're on Instagram, profans underscore sports. Uh, we're on twitter.com slash profansports, facebook.com slash profansports. And if you like to watch, again, subscribe to the YouTube. It's youtube.com slash profansports. Our episodes drop every Tuesday on Spotify, um, all the major podcast platforms, and then the videos drop on every Wednesday. So be sure to look out. Um, as always, we're going to be talking about the NFL, the NBA, MLB, NHL, 
uh, be money lifestyle person of the week. Maybe some soccer. Maybe we got some questions of the week. So let's get to it, man. Um, some NFL and Patriots news. So we lost uh, we lost a personnel person to the Houston Texans again. Yep, another one, as Callis would say. Another one, yeah. So Nick Casario, he became the new GM of the Houston Texans. Yes, um, sir. And if you guys remember, there was like a whole, you know, like the rumor mill going on a couple of years ago that, you know, they wanted to take him and and the, the Patriots blocked that. You guys yeah. remember that? That yeah. was yeah. being reported all over the place. Yeah, they've um, actually blocked that for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. So surprising. That wasn't only just that time. It's been uh, at least two or three times where they've denied, uh, you know, permission for the, you know, Texans to interview him for the GM job. So, but I guess... You know, you you could only do that so much. So, uh, yeah, it was. I guess it was time for him to finally, you know, either get get a GM job and go his own separate ways from the past. Yeah, and apparently, um, you know, Deshaun Watson's not very happy about the hiring. Um, so now, you know, the rumor is that he would be willing to to waive his no trade clause to be traded to Miami, make a swap tour for him. To Miami. I mean, it's a it's a rumor. We don't know how true that is, but that's pretty interesting, right? That would shake the the league for sure. Yeah, I know that is, uh, you know, appalling to say the least. I was pretty appalled and sh- stunned by that one. I first uh, heard about that rumor on uh, NFL countdown this morning. Chris Morrison had uh, reported that, and yeah, I, I, I was definitely blown away i'm hoping that doesn't happen because especially as a Pats fan i wouldn't want to see the patriots play deshaun watson two uh, times a year that definitely wouldn't be uh you know too fun having to go against him twice a year so you know hopefully that doesn't you know what i'm saying that trade doesn't end up happening but uh you know we'll, we'll see what happens and you know only time will tell so I mean, yeah, it's interesting how it would be for the Dolphins out of all teams um, that he would trade waive the no trade clause to maybe it's because they have a black head coach or something who knows what you know would make him want to play for the Dolphins. Well, the Dolphins look good this year. If they had if they had Deshaun Watson on quarterback, they would be in the playoffs right now. Absolutely, oh, yeah, no question. Absolutely. So I can, I mean, he can Definitely. he can just look at the team and be like, they're just a quarterback away from being a contender. So let me join them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm sure the black coach has a lot to do with it as well. Listen, man, the Sean Watson lost all his receivers and still posted like the most yards in the league. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think that's because Dak Prescott, you know, got injured because he would have obliterated that right there. If yeah, he was, he was at the pace that he was going. Yeah, he oh, was. Yeah. He was throwing four hundred yards a, a week. A game, so. man, like that right, was right. crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah, so. he he was on an absurd pace at the beginning of the year for sure. And yeah, but Deshaun Watson put some, you know, some unbelievable and spectacular numbers up. That and it was impressive, like you said, doing it with the players that he did it with, because you know he had really no one around him particularly when Will Fuller got uh, suspended and he was still able to you know ball up and put some big time numbers up so yeah you know he certainly uh was you know had a you know great season and uh it was funny I don't know if y'all saw that video of J.J. Watt apologizing to him at the end of the game last week saying that he you know <laughs> was sorry, was sorry. wasting one of his years and that they didn't you know make the playoffs and that they only won four games and that they should have won 
11 games. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's unfortunate to see a great talent like that, you know, not be more successful in terms of, you know, the team and win more games and get into the postseason. But, uh, yeah, no, I can understand his frustration, though, um, as far as not, you know, the team not really, you know, interviewing the guys that he wants interviewed for the GM job and for the head coach. I know he wanted the Chiefs offensive coordinator um, interviewed for the head coaching job, and they didn't, you know, even bother interviewing him or any of the GMs that they recommended. So I definitely, um, you know, can see why he would be, you know, frustrated with the team and, you know, want out of there. I mean, I would want out too. who really wants to play for the Houston Texans at this point. So the Texans should have, um, the Texans should have kept um, um, DeAndre Hopkins. No, Vrabel, and then fire, fire. Um, you know, O'Brien, uh, O'Brien. Uh, Bill O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. right, right, yeah. right. They, no, that's true. That's a good point, Vlad. I, I mean, when the rumor came out, you know, I'm like, yo, Patriots better make a move. And then that the, that other rumor came out, I'm like, damn, man, nobody wants to come here, man. For what? For what? <laughs> it's the same. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same situation he was in in oh, in um, in Houston. It's the same situation he's coming up here. What I a couple of weeks ago we had this. I don't want to stay on this conversation too long, but a couple of weeks ago we had this conversation about who's gonna want to come to New England with no receivers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But yeah. No, no, you're that's right. true. The only way they come is if they want to get the bag. But we know Bill Belichick usually doesn't give quarterbacks the bag like that. You don't give nobody the bag. Yeah, but but, more, <laughs> but people used to come here for Tom Brady. There's no right, right. There's no Brady here. no more. Yeah, that's um, true. He ain't here, so there's no reason for them to come. Maybe Bill thought they came here for him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro, it wasn't you, bro. You got that. Too. You right, it, it was partly, that, partly, right, partly. Right. You know, but um, more NFL news. The Browns coach, which was really surprising to me, Kevin Stefanski. Um, he's gonna be out for the game against the Steelers. So he's not even allowed to be in a press box or anything. So he's going to be at home in a basement. He can't even, he can't even coach from home. He can't even like, yeah. I feel like I have a problem with that. Cause like, you know, you could accommodate, make sure the guy comes in safely. You understand why you, like, this is an important game, you know? Um, is it, is it the Steelers for me? I don't know. I actually, yeah, they're I, playing, so they're oh, that silly. makes sense. Yeah, they're like, not playing I don't know. Like yeah, but, that. But it doesn't matter, like, if, if there's one thing COVID-19 taught everybody is that you don't need to be on site to do anything. If you can set up a Zoom call, right. you, can, you can get anything done. So right. um, I don't know, but it's the NFL rule. The NFL rule is that if anybody is. Right, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's unfortunately what it is for them. So that's a tough spot for fans for, for tonight. Yeah, no, that's crazy, man. Um, but yeah, that's that's what's going on around the league right now. Um, a couple of Patriots players made the Pro Bowl, the first team All Pro. First team All Pro. Hunter mm-hmm. uh, Jake Bailey, uh, he made the Pro Bowl, and um, punt returner Gunnar oh, Shevsky. First, first team All Pro. First team All Pro. Gunner made first team All Pro. Um, Matthew wow. Slater made second team All Pro. Um, was there? Right, Bill Belichick, you know, the greatest special teamer of all time. Like, like the guy like just with it. With his resume, you know, yeah. and accolades. I mean, like, I mean, let's not make it like it's like the greatest job ever. <laughs> <Right. laughs> He's the greatest one of the most you know, um, And there's only a good number at those positions, you know. It's like, for us for a long mm-hmm. time. So, I don't know. I've seen nobody play with I mean, he just, he's, 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 he's a great, presence. great captain. 
Yeah, great captain, great locker room. Great leader, yeah. You need, need <laughs> Those post-game speeches are led to different people. Uh, so like, <laughs> he, he definitely is. <laughs> 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 we feel like we're not the best this week. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> Nothing for that just to do that role when he tires. Yo, for real, for real. Post-game speeches. Just break it down. After he's retired. Right, exactly. Except with John Harbaugh. Bill yeah. Belichick. Yeah. So, so if he come back as a special team coach, I would, yeah. I would, I would, I would love awesome. it. I would love it. I would love it. Our team would be at the top every single year. Like maybe, maybe you're not going to see that, but he might be a great coach. Oh, man, I'd, will, I'd be willing to bet on that, you know? Yeah. Like him coming in, players understanding him, him understanding everything pushing out there. Yeah. He's better than that, you know? Yeah, like yeah. The, and the best to ever do it. And he played, he played receiver, he played safety. Um, yeah, yeah. He played he, some. So, so. Uh, he, he definitely deserves that. Coaching job on the staff as soon as so maybe maybe sure. maybe twenty thirty you know Matthew Slater coach of the New England Patriots. Ooh, that's <laughs> a bold prediction. Exactly, that that, that, that is possible. Who, who knows? But you For know, sure. by, by the time we reach our you know hundredth um, you know nine hundredth episode, um, you know he might be he might be the the coach. You know something I heard because um, the clubhouse situation. Yeah, I was hearing this fact. It was like, did you know that um, nine hundred thousand, over nine hundred thousand podcasts was created in two thousand twenty? Because damn, oh wow, wow, yeah. And they said within a year, they said within a year, there's going to be like one hundred fifty thousand to two hundred thousand left. Yeah, but yeah, that's what that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of it are going to fall off, and some of it. And some of it are gonna, you know, prosper. So we let's make sure we are in the prosper, the prosper column. Yeah, no, yeah, I've absolutely. had, I've had people, you know, tell me about podcasts that started after we started. and They're already done. It's like, ah, you know, <laughs> yeah, wow, yeah, that was fast. Work got in the way. Like, yeah, sure, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, life, life got in the way. Right, right. right. No, know? but that, that's what happens, though. Words get in the way. People can't stay consistent. That's exactly what happens, though. That's that's it, but. Not us, man. We're going to stick with this For sure, yeah. Real quick, I heard of this group, um, of three people that decided to do a podcast, and they only made it, like, five episodes. And, you know, they already, you know what I'm saying, like, stopped doing it and didn't even uh, continue and keep, you know, up with it after that fifth episode. So, no, it's, we're very fortunate and blessed to be able to make it over 40 episodes now going on 50 uh, and still, you know, be able to do what we do consistently each and every week. So it's definitely a blessing. And right, let's definitely keep this going, and you know, and and keep doing what we do, keep uh, doing our thing. Love yeah, it. man, this dude was like, um, yo, this, yo, this is mad work. I'm like, yeah, like, see what, you, what you thought this was? He's just gonna come in here and report some shit. But let's get into uh, <laughs> the super wild card weekend, man. Um, so that's very well underway. We've had several games already. Um, played so we saw the Bills versus the Colts played on um, Saturday, uh, and they the Bills took the game 27-24 against the Colts. You know Philip Rivers still not winning in the playoffs. You know no matter what team he's on, um, the Rams played the Seahawks. Um, you you want to talk about that game first, and then we can move on to the next game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm just giving the scores, and then we can move on into the next the, the games. Um, the Rams versus the Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks. I mean, the Rams took it thirty to twenty. Uh, the Buccaneers versus Washington. Bucks took it thirty-one twenty-three. Um, and then the games we got left are uh, the Ravens beat the Titans twenty to thirteen. 
Um, games we got left is the Bears versus the Saints and the Browns versus the Steelers. We'll do some predictions for y'all after that, but let's get into um, the Bills versus the Colts. Uh, the Bills won their first playoff games in the 20, in 25 years. And mm-hmm. uh, their quarterback, Josh Allen, uh, completed completed 26 out of 35 passes with 324 yards, and he had two touchdowns. Stephon Diggs continues to uh, kill the league, you know, in production with six catches for 128 yards and a TD. Um, and you know, the, it was it was a good game. And so, you know, I think some of the questions we can ask from that game is, um, is this Philip Rivers' last game because he came, he's coming from the char- Chargers? Um, I mean, the last game as a Colt or in the NFL period. And then we got Stephon Diggs, uh, the biggest acquisition of the offseason because he's been able to pretty much break all that franchise's record in one year. You know, um, so what you mm-hmm. guys see in the game? Um, did you guys enjoy the game? Um, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it, I mean, it was the first game of the playoffs. So I always look forward to wildcard weekend and it's always enjoyable to have games on Saturday. Um, it was a great game between the Bills and the Colts. Um, the Colts put up a good fight, but the Bills um, came on top, um, as you mentioned. Um, I, I don't know if this is Philip Rivers' last game um, in the NFL, but I think I think it might. I'm not sure if the Colts are going to bring him back up, you know, um, sign him again. But at the same time, I don't know w- what what do the Colts have um, as a replacement? Who are they going to sign? Exactly. So so they might as well. They might as well, if he wants to stay, they might as well keep him. Um, if they let him go, he's playing for the Patriots. Yeah. Oh <laughs> no, no. I don't know. I don't know about that. But yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. But but, but I, I'm gonna keep this short. Um Josh Allen looks tremendous. Like his decision making, his throwing, his um extending the plays, um decision making, um just he, I don't know. Like I'm very, very, very impressed by Josh Allen. I mean, I remember Maybe a couple years ago, last even last year, I was like, "Yeah, you know, he's he's bound to throw an interception. He's bound to throw the game away." But this year, he's been looking unbelievable. I mean, I'm sure Stephen Diggs, which is the greatest acquisition from the from the offseason, made a difference. But just he's not forcing the ball. He's taking what the def- what the defense gives him. Um, he's not, you know, he's not trying to win the game with one play. I'm very impressed by Josh Allen. I mean. He's if he can keep this up, he's he's gonna be a good quarterback for a long time. I'm, I that's that's what I took from that game. I'm just very very impressed by Josh Allen. Yeah, I certainly thought it was a really good game, good start to the NFL playoffs. Uh, and, and you know that was a you know tough you know physical uh, you know game by both teams. I, I thought both teams played uh, pretty well. Uh, you know the. There were, there were obviously there were some mistakes made, you know, by both sides. But I thought overall it was a, you know, pretty well played game. Uh, certainly, you know, the, the Bills obviously made more plays and played a little bit uh, better, uh, and, and and definitely pulled it out. Uh, things you know that stood out to me. Um, I think it was it was definitely not only the Bills' offense, but I thought the Bills' defense played pretty well for. The, the, the most part, I think, you know, they definitely did a good job against the Colts running game. They have a pretty good uh, running game and being able to run the football well, you know, with their, you know, really good offensive line, one of the top offensive lines in the NFL. Uh, I certainly think they did a good job of, 
you know, limiting them in, in, in the running game and, uh, you know, enforcing Phil Rivers to make some plays through with his arm, which he, he did, but, you know, he clearly didn't make enough. Uh, I thought, you know, they, you know that their rush was pretty good, uh, you know, in, in getting to him and getting some pressure on, you know, on Phillip Rivers. So certainly they did a good job with that. Uh, and then offensively, uh, I think Vlad pretty much said it all. Uh, offensively, I think a uh, thing that stood out to me was, um, you know, was how balanced they, they, they are on, on offense. That it's just not all the passing game like the, you know, r- running backs are, are solid and uh, they do have a good all-around, uh, you know, offense, you know, as, as well. I think those two running backs are, are pretty good in Moss and Singletary. Then, unfortunately, you know, Moss is going to be a, you know, a, a loss for, for them uh, since he got injured and with his ankle injury and they said he could miss some time. Uh, but I certainly think that, you know, they're you know, one of the top teams in the AFC as uh, they've shown all year. Uh, and I think they're a legitimate contender to make, uh, you know, to make it out of the AFC and into the Super Bowl. They have all the, you know, they have all, all the things that you need from a team that, you know, is looking to make a deep run in the playoffs. Uh, and they have, you know, very few weaknesses. So uh, I think that, They've certainly, you know, proved themselves that they can play with anybody and with, uh, you know, with the better teams in, in this league. So uh, that definitely, you know, it was good for them to see them win a playoff game because they had always come up short in previous years in the playoffs. Uh, so, uh, you know, was looking to see whether this year would be different. And, you know, that was the case. So they definitely um, earned the right to play next weekend and we'll see what, how they do. Uh, moving forward and, and who they play next, uh, depending on how the Browns and uh, Steelers game goes. Yeah, I mean, the Bills and um, and the Ravens, I think, are my two dark horses, you know, in, in the postseason this year. You know, just because, you know, Josh, like you guys said, Josh Allen is playing great. You know, his decision-making, his, his ball placement, throwing on the move. You know, the connection he has with Stephon Diggs, they got to be like, you know, one of the, you know, top wide receiver QB duos in the league by now, you know, given how, how much production they've had all year. You know, um, I mean, this this team was on a up and up since like two years ago, you know, and they got the, their head coach and then and then, um, you know, how they presented such a challenge last year, even when they played the Patriots, you know. You know, like Vlad said, Josh Allen was still, like, making, you know, some some weird decisions, you know, at key points in the game. But this year, those mental lapses have disappeared. You know, even even the game yesterday, you know, where, you know, they were in some tough spots. And he, like, maneuvered and made the right throws. And, you know, he just made the right decision pretty much throughout the game. And, you know, that's really what you need in this league, you know. And I think for sure, like Barry was saying, I don't know. They they could take it as far as they want, you know. Um, they do need to shore up, you know, their defense against tight ends because the tight ends was killing them yesterday. Yeah, Jack Doyle absolutely you know? torched them um, yesterday. Right. So That's they they, they got to figure that out, you know, for sure. Um, and you know, sometimes their running game can, can be susceptible as well, you know. Um, but luckily yesterday for them, they 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 were pretty good, you know. They were mm-hmm. pretty good, and you know, all around, it, it really came down to um. Um, 
the special teams too. Because had, you know, the Rodrigo made that one field goal, the game's a tied game at the end of the game. Right, would have you know gone to overtime, saying? exactly. Mm-hmm. It would have gone to overtime at least, you know. Right, um, right. So it goes to show you, like, you know, the three phases of the game, it all matters, man. And, you know, it's like that one mistake, you know, could de- derail your whole season and now they're going home. So, um, oh, no, like Barry was saying, it was a really good game. It was a competitive game. I like that mm-hmm. one team wasn't overmatched, you know. Both teams was in the game the whole time. And, you know, that's what playoff mm-hmm. football is about. You know what I'm saying? It's a chess match. And exactly. you know, when guys prepare for you. You get good product out there. And, you know, I, I hope I hope it continues, you know, and nobody, like, drops the ball and, you know, just gets dominated, you know. But let's move on to uh, the Rams versus the Seahawks. Um, two weeks ago, um, Jamal Adams lit a cigar at the podium. <laughs> you know yep, what I'm talking yep. about? Um, uh-huh, because, I've seen that, yep. Because the Seahawks had beaten the Rams to actually take the division away from them when they had mm-hmm. been, you know, pretty much leading it with it um, the whole year. And, you know, they made a – you know, he lit a cigar. And ironically, this week, you know, the Rams came to their house and took the game. You know, um, their running back, Akers, man, um, he had 176 total yards. Jeez. A total of 176. He had 131 rushing yards, you know, with a TD, which is – Absolutely, like it, it was crazy. You know, Jared Goff went nine for nineteen um, for one hundred and fifty-five, one TD. Actually, uh, the starting quarterback for the Rams went out the game after a bad hit, um, and you know the story is he was actually taken to the hospital by ambulance. But Jared Goff was, you know, suited up as the emergency quarterback of that game because twelve days prior he had surgery on his um, thumb, his throwing hand thumb. Um, you know because he broke it so he had surgery so he was just there for emergency purposes and he had to come in the game and he actually outplayed um russell wilson when he came in the game you know um russell wilson he was sacked five times um aaron donald had two sacks what do you got like what happened to russell wilson russell wilson yesterday that that defensive (laughs) that defensive line from from the the rams played well they oh, they yeah. they played well. They didn't they didn't give him time to throw. Aaron Donald was I I thought in that first half Aaron Donald um determined how that game was gonna go. He took over that game and dis- disrupted the 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 Seahawks um offensive offense line. Uh, offensive line and offense period. They couldn't yep. really do they couldn't really do much. You know what I mean? And every play you heard Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald. You know what I mean? And he played. Right. He was. He was the main guy of that game, even though he ended up coming out that game because he couldn't catch his breath at the end of the game. But as far as impact, he just, wow. Like, I, you know, he's just a transformational player. You know, he's, it's almost like LT, you know what I mean? Lawrence Taylor, when, when people talk to you about Lawrence Taylor, how he, he would take over the game and change the game. That's basically, what, that's basically what Aaron Donald did. He took over that game and affected the way the, 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 the Seahawks were playing. playing. And um, Russell Wilson got sacked five times, and he sacked him twice. He sacked him twice in the first half. So um, I, I think what happens, Russell Wilson, Aaron Donald. Yeah, no, I certainly agree with that. Those were all really good, you know, points. I mean, their defense really won the the game for them, and was that was as dominant of performance as I've seen. Uh, in, in the playoffs on, on a defense um, in, in recent, you know, years with 
you know, really the exception of how the Patriots defense dominated the same Los Angeles Rams team in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Uh, you know, definitely the whole defense was really good. You pretty much already uh, said that. I think uh, what stood out to me was not only your Goff's ability to, you know, manage the game uh, as, you know, he did when he came in, but, you know, but the running game and the way they were able to control the football um, on the ground and, uh, you know, control the, you know, the time of possession and keeping, you know, Russell Wilson off the field and, uh, and moving the ball and moving the chains, uh, you know, effectively as, as they did. I think that's another thing that stuck out to me besides the, you know, Rams defense. You know, definitely, like you said, Cam Akers had himself a day. Like, he, he balled out and absolutely took over that game and was as dominant as Aaron Donald uh, was. Like, they just had no answer for him. They made the Seahawks defense look extremely soft, as soft as cottonell tissue paper. And they couldn't fight their way through a wet paper bag. Like, it, they just ran right down their throat and right through them all game long. And Seattle didn't have an answer for it as all. So I think, you know, Bobby Wagner made a few plays in the beginning of the game, but then he got banged up. And as soon as that happened, it was, you know, they just, you know, continuously ran the ball, uh, you know, right down the field. And, and, and we're able to control the game that way. I think definitely this was an impressive win for the Rams. I thought the Seahawks were going to win this game. I definitely was disappointed in their performance on both sides of the ball, particularly, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, uh, you know, had a tough day going against that defense. And it seems like that defense and that team has the Russell Wilson and the, um, you know, and the Seahawks number. They've given them a tough time this year in all the games that they've played, all three games. You know, Russ has not really played well and looked like, himself yeah and he, he definitely wasn't cooking yesterday when they say let russ cook uh you I mean he really couldn't cook at all and hasn't cooked at all against uh the rams so uh and you know definitely jalen ramsey shut down dk metcalf as he has all year i mean there's not really much much else to to add to you know what each of you was saying you know i think that for the most part it was just just the defense, you know, the defense, like it, it's surprising because it's the Seahawks and we've just been used to, you know, them being so defensively dominant, you know, um, you know, coming from like the Legion of Boom and, you know, how, how everything used to work over there. And now it's just not the same because they're getting gashed and Jamal Adams can't seem to cover anything, you know, that's thrown at all, you know, ever. Um, and, you know, for, for a guy like that to be the one that's celebrating every time they win, it's just like, what are you doing, you know? So it just makes you look bad. And, you know, unfortunately, oh, yeah, that was the problem for the Seahawks anyway. You know, their defense wasn't great. Um, you know, like you saw what happened between them and the Patriots where, you know, it was a really competitive game. Even though, <laughs> as you saw at the end of the year, like that team wasn't really a good team and they gave the Seahawks problems. And pretty much every other team after that gave them problems too, you know? Um, like if if an offense was going against the Seahawks defense on you know in fantasy you would play that quarterback because they were highly successful you know against them quarterback and running backs you know they were all highly successful against that defense and you know as they say defense wins championships and they didn't have any and you know the Rams have the best defense in the playoffs right now so you know it's going to be hard for anybody to face them but let's go into uh the Buccaneers versus the Washington Redskins uh, that was surprisingly uh, a competitive game, right? 
Tom yeah. Brady went 22 um, for 40 for two TDs. Um, Mike Evans caught six passes for 119 yards. Taylor Heineke, you know, he's the guy that played quarterback for Washington. He went 26 for 44 with one TD and one interception. Other than Tom Brady, Taylor Heineke was the star of the, the game last night. Actually, yeah. actually, I think he was the star of the game. I I was, you know, usually, I'm usually, like, checking Twitter to see what people are talking about. It blew up. And to tell Haneke, I thought had more mentions on Tom Brady. He like, did. Every, every other post was about Tele Haneke. And deservedly so, because he had such a great game. He played feistly. He he made such, such, such good throws. People were, I was surprised by, by how well he played. You know what? Um... Because <laughs> there's a question on here. So why didn't the Patriots bring in Taylor Heineke? You know, and should <laughs> should the Patriots bring in Taylor Heineke, right? And while while I was watching the game, some like especially the throw he made um, to, that, to that touchdown, the game, that touchdown at at the sideline. Yeah, I said to myself, no Patriots quarterback has made a throw like this all season. Like right, like that was that was that was crazy to me. You know, um, and he, like you said, deservedly so. He was the star of the game, and you know he showed grit. He showed heart. The guy was like messed, messed up his whatever non-throwing shoulder. You know, you could, you know, clearly see that he was in pain. You know, and you know what's funny? I'm like, dude, that you. This is a Tom Brady moment right here. Like, if he beats the goat, yo, that's crazy. You know, and he came close. He came close, but you know, no cigar. But that was a really entertaining game. Um, would you guys see it? And then we can talk about if the Patriots should should bring this guy in, you know, if they can bring him in. Yeah, I, I thought, uh, you know, I thought it was the last game of the night. I was really looking forward to it as um, a Tom Brady fan. Um, so I wanted, um, I'm, and just to let you guys know, I'm rooting for the Bucks um, doing the playoffs, doing doing these playoffs. Um, yeah, so I I thought Brady had a good game. Um, I think his receivers let him down a little bit um, throughout that game because. Um, they were dropping balls left and right. He was throwing some really good balls, and um, especially Godwin. Godwin is that his name? Yeah, Godwin. Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. God, Chris Godwin. He mm-hmm. was dropping balls left and right, and Brady was throwing doubt, doubt, darts, darts, darts. Oh, yeah. darts. Oh yeah. And and um, but you know, I, I think Washington showed that they weren't scared, especially Tyler, um, Taylor Heineke. Um, they 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 made it a game. Um, they almost could have been the the Bucks. Um. So it was actually more competitive than I thought it was gonna be. Um, but the the overpowering offense of the Bucks took over and they won that game. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, we're just gonna say I, I ended up uh, giving Chris Godwin a new nickname uh, after last night. It's Chris uh, Dropwin. Chris Dropwin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I was calling him. Yeah. The, since he had, at least from what I counted, about five uh, drop passes last night, at least. Could have had more, but from what I was keeping track of watching the game, yeah, had at least five um, drops. I maybe it was playoff jitters and butterflies. And Brady kept going back first. to him? Right, exactly. That was the shocking part. Usually, you know, Brady, when a guy drops, you know, a couple of passes, You're done. he stops you know, throwing hit, look, hit the ball his way and, and looking for someone else with especially as many receivers and weapons as the Bucks uh, offense has. Uh, you know, but def- definitely this was, uh, you know, an okay game for the Bucks. I thought 
in the first half, they, you know, played pretty well offensively and they were moving the ball uh, well, particularly, you know, and then the, in the passing game before they started dropping the balls. But I thought the running backs, particularly Leonard Fournette, was running the football uh, effectively. And then they were able to do some play action, which, um, you know, really worked uh, well for them, uh, you know, in, in the first half. But then in the second half, they just, uh, you know, really couldn't move the ball and then, you know, really do too much, uh, you know, from an offensive standpoint. Uh, and then their defense kind of looked suspect to me, the Tampa Bay Bucks. I really wasn't too impressed with the way they played defensively. And, uh, you know, they just barely hung on to win that game and they're going to need to play better than, you know, what they played, particularly on the defensive side, if they're going to advance and make a deep playoff run uh, in, in the NFC. Because, uh, I mean, it's it just they barely beat the Washington football team, and that's just, you know, not really going to, you know, get it done in, in, in the playoffs if when you place better competition, either the Packers or the Saints next weekend. But, uh, you know, who's good? The wins will win, and I guess, uh, you know, the Bucks will, you know, be moving on, and we'll see how they do for the rest of the postseason. But definitely, you know, shout out to that backup quarterback, Taylor Heineke, for playing his ass off and, and having an impressive performance uh, that he did last night. He did his thing and showed some incredible amount of toughness and, you know, and, and heart uh, out there on, on the field. And he was actually on the Patriots uh, pre uh, excuse me, he was on the Patriots practice squad at one point when Tom Brady was here, uh, you know, I think a few years ago. So I was actually wanted to point that out that he was on, on our roster at one point. So it wasn't for very long, but I mean, we, he was here nonetheless. So we'll, we'll see if they bring him back in which I wouldn't mind seeing that. Yeah, I mean, who, like, they wouldn't bring him back. Like, why would Washington let that guy go, you know? Like, because right now, who do they have? Um, Alex Smith, you know, the guy was out for a calf injury. And, you know, you can't really rely on that. You know, they have nobody else. So right now, he is he is the guy, you know, unless they go out into a, the draft and, you know, pick up a quarterback or they get a quarterback via free agency. I don't see how that guy would – um coming with us you know what i'm saying so like i mean so you seem to know about him right like do you do you remember why like we didn't bring him in um no not exactly i don't remember the exact reason of why we didn't keep him on the the the, the, the roster bringing him i was saying this was when tom brady was still here was still with yeah. the patriots that he was on the practice um Squad. So this was a little while ago uh, that right. we, you know we had him on. I mean, as, as far as why they didn't bring him in this year, I have no idea. They had their you know opportunity to be able to you know get a chance to bring him in and and, and give him a, a chance to play. But yeah, I'm I'm unsure and kind kind of trying to figure this out like you guys why you know they didn't you know bring him on this roster as bad as the quarterback play was. Uh, this year for the Pats, so that that's puzzling and baffling to me. Why, why he didn't get a chance here? Yeah, I mean, actually, Washington picks number three. They picked three in the third. I mean, in the upcoming in the draft. draft. Yeah. So oh, wow. interesting. I did mm -hmm. not know that. Or yeah. So I don't know. That's going to be something. And their projected to actually pick a a quarterback. So I mean, 
I guess there's a chance that he he could you know be be available. You know, what if another team comes in and actually tries to trade for something for him? You know, so we'll see what happens um, with that. But, for sure, um, no, definitely an interesting thing that just came to mind real quick is that apparently there. Um, one of the teams that's interested in Cam Newton and would even offer him a contract, I think, of around two years of forty million or something like that. Right. I was hearing earlier this year, which mm-hmm. is pretty you know, laughable and hilarious to me that anybody would offer him that contract with the season he has. But uh, I mean, there's some connections there with him right, Ron Rivera. Rivera. Yeah, but yeah, I, I don't know why anyone would be interested in that guy. But I definitely think Taylor Heineke is a far much better quarterback than Newton, and they should keep him, uh, you know, at least for the time being until they can find someone else to be their next franchise quarterback. Yeah, I'd gladly make that swap if that was the case right now. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. The Ravens versus the Titans. Um, that was a hardly fought game as well. The Ravens won 20-13. to uh, The Ravens were at the Titans' house. Um, there was a lot of trash talking, you know, prior to the game. You know, um, last time they played each other, the Titans, uh, I mean, the Ravens players were, were, no, the Titans players were, were stomping on the Ravens logo. Jim Harbaugh had a real, you know, he, he didn't like that very much. He thought that was disrespectful. So both coaches met in the middle of the field. And they had a little spat. So, you know, there's bad blood. So, you know, we saw um, Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry had like 40 yards. You know, um, right. And, you know, unlike last year, the Ravens running game, you know, showed up for them. Um, I believe Lamar Jackson had like 137 rushing yards for himself and then had, you know, 179 yard passing, you know. Um, So he had a very Lamar Jackson like, you know, game. And he won his first playoff game, you know, um, in his career, you know, um, I'm sure you guys watched the game. Would you seen the game? Um, and what were you thought about the game? What were your thoughts? Yeah, this was playoff atmosphere. This was definitely, you know, these teams played each other do last year during the playoffs in wildcard playoff. Um, not wildcard, divisional round. Excuse me. Um, they played each other during the season this year, and now they they played each other again. So it's becoming like a small rivalry in the AFC. And I and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the trash talking. I enjoyed. Um, them going at each other. Um, obviously, the Ravens took this one, and they actually stomped on the on the, um, the Tennessee logo. the Tennessee logo this time, the Titans logo. Um, um, Lamar Jackson exploded. He exploded, and he he basically took over that game. Um, he's the reason why they won that game. But that was a really really close game, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think for, for sure it was uh, a really good, uh, you know, p- playoff game and, uh, a, you know, good, you know, physical, tough, um, you know, grinded out kind of game. Uh, but for sure, which, you know, then defensive, you know, minded kind of game. It was all about, you know, defensive and then special teams uh, for sure were big factors in the game. Uh Obviously, Lamar Jackson's performance was impressive. He finally got over the hump. I actually picked the Ravens to win this game. Uh, you know, I thought it was, it was time for him to finally, you know, get that monkey off his back and win a playoff game. And I felt like he was ready to do so and definitely, um, you know, showed that that was the, the case that, you know, he's, you know, ready to, 
you know, take that next step, which is, you know, become a better off, better quarterback in, in the playoffs, which he certainly um, did that today. Uh, you, you know, and I, but I thought really the story in this defense, um, in this game was the Ravens defense and also how physical, you know, they were and then how physical the Ravens were on both sides of the ball on offense and defense. I thought they were, the, you know, the tougher team. The, you know, they, they took it right to the Tennessee Titans. And I thought that on both sides of the line of scrimmage, they won the battle. I feel like that was where the game was won, was, you know, on the line of scrimmage, on the, the offense and defensive line. Uh, they controlled that part of the game. And I felt like that's pretty much was, you know, how, how they were able to really uh, come out on top you know, in, in this game was being, you know, did, you know, the, the more physical team and playing the Titans game, but playing it better than them uh, and, and, and shutting down Derrick Henry like we've never seen anybody shut him down uh, before. So that pretty much was were the reasons to me and why the Ravens were able to win this game. And it's scary for them to, you know, play like that because, you know, they, they, they can play like that against the Titans. They can do that on just about anybody uh, in, in the AFC. So they definitely got to watch out for the Ravens in the playoffs. Yeah, so what I saw was um, these teams swapping game plans from last year. You know what I'm saying? Because the same thing that happened to the Ravens last year, the Ravens did it to the Titans this year. You know what I'm saying? Derrick Henry had like 40 yards in the whole game, you know? Like you said, the defensive line just they 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 shut down the right person and like you know no offense like you know Ryan Tannehill like he's not like the greatest greatest quarterback of all time like he had like a really good year last year you know as when it came to throwing when it came to timeliness of these throws that he was making you know and this this week they pretty much put the game in his hand and you know he really he could he couldn't do it yeah his no? um his um his interception at the end of the game is what. Uh, Marcus Peters and interceding yeah, at the Mark, end of the game. Yeah, and, he said we ain't done yet. Yeah, yeah. We ain't. I think we ain't done yet. So <laughs> you know, he came to <laughs> Marcus Peters, man, and he was talking hella shit after the game too, man. Oh, yeah, he was. That was Definitely. that was that was a bad. That wasn't a bad throw by by Tannehill, but it was a bad decision because um, he had AJ Brown open on the other side of the field, and he threw it to. Um, number fourteen, I forgot his name, but that dude fell, and Marcus Peters took took the ball in full advantage, and he started stomping, stomping over the 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 logo. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I don't know why he went away from AJ Brown. AJ Brown was uh, having a really good game, and their best receiver. It would have um, been you know, it today by far. And, it would have been a, it would have been a touchdown, and would have tied the game exactly. Right, right. I don't know why he didn't look for him as his first option or his first read on that play that's what really uh you know baffles you know me, me about that is the fact that he didn't throw to him not only on that play but late in the game why they really went away you know from him especially since like we said they didn't have the running game going and they took that away so it, it, i'm surprised that you know aj brown wasn't thrown to on that play and towards the end of the game yep Okay, yeah. But yeah, Mark sure. Ryan Tannehill looked like the Miami Dolphins Ryan Tannehill. That's what I'm he, saying. Like, he went back he went back to his Dolphin days, um, you know, with, with that when we used to dominate uh the Patriots used to dominate him because he was just so god awful. 
I mean, look at who we had to compete with. Marcus Mariota. Like, that guy <laughs> hasn't done much in this league himself. So, you know, right, wasn't right. much to, like, you know, supersede him and take that that starting role from him. Especially because Marcus Mariota doesn't seem like the guy who's going to be like, yeah, let, let, let me get this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's more like the reserve, like, you know, part of the team. Like, you know, let's do what we got to do type type dude, you know. Um, right. But, you know, needless to say, they're out of the playoffs. And the Ravens ain't done yet. And, you know, at, at some point in the year, it looked like the Ravens, pretty much the Ravens had some of the same odds as the Patriots to make it, you know, close to the end of the season. And then they pretty much just kept winning and winning. You know, their their des- destiny was in their hands and they're taking it right now. You know, and I feel like they're one of those teams that believe they can do they can do certain things right now, you know. Um, yeah, I think they're on a six-game winning streak um, right now because I think they won the last five games of their regular season and then they won today. So, yeah, they're, they're one of the hottest teams in, in, in the NFL. And, you know, Bar Jackson's a big part of that and one of the hottest quarterbacks. They're definitely, um, you know, have, have been playing really well in the winning streak. So, they're getting hot at the right time. And sometimes that's, you know, all it really takes and what it comes down to and who, who gets hot at the right time. And the Ravens look like that they're that team right now. You know what team they reminded me of that was in a similar position as far as, like, seeding? The New York Giants that played the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, that's right. When it comes to, like, their, their seeding positions and how they just, like, raked every, you know, last game and went through the playoffs. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So um, we'll see if they have that kind of luck, you know. But they're moving on, and I feel like they're a really dangerous team in, in this thing now. So um, Sunday afternoons, the Saints versus the Bears. Um, so the Saints are at home, you know, this is, it's, they're playing on Sunday afternoon, you know, as we are recording this podcast. So we're going to do some quick predictions like um, Bears versus Saints. What do you guys got? You know, I, I for some reason, I want to hate against the Saints and I want to pick the Bears. But that's some, that's, that'd be crazy. That'd be a crazy pick. I don't think the Bears got it in them um, as much as I would want them to win. Oh, currently, the game, um, Jubilee's just, just threw his first touchdown. And the uh, the Saints are winning by seven zero. So I think that I, I I do think that the 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 Saints are gonna win that game. Um, yeah, and I think Jubis Jubis is gonna have a good game. Alvin Kamara, um, all those guys are back, so it, it'll be hard for the 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 Bears to stop that team. Yeah, actually, you know, up, you know, they actually just almost tied the game, and this dude dropped a wide open pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. in the end, of zone. course, that would happen. That's yeah. crazy. Of course, you know. Um, yeah, Barry, what do you got? Yeah, I got the Saints winning this game. Uh, I'll just keep it short and sweet. Uh, I don't believe in Mitch Trubisky. I don't think he can, you know, go on the road and and beat uh, New Orleans Saints uh, team in in the playoffs. And that this offense of the Bears is good enough to. You know, to be able to put enough points up on the board to win. I mean, I don't really need to say much about the Saints. Ready, know all about you know who they have and you know who they are as a team. Uh, so they're just simply the you know the better team in this matchup and should be able to win this game handily. It should be over by halftime. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, think so. I don't think the Bears will be you know that competitive in in this game and will do that much on offense. I mean, say what you want, but, you know, Mr. Trubisky has been doing well, you know, since he came back as a starter um, of this team. Actually, I know he's definitely won some of the – some fantasy playoffs with some people this year. So, you know. Um, yeah, I, has, I still don't believe in him. I, I still don't – I'm not saying that, but I think he's been – he hasn't been playing terrible. 
You know what I'm saying? Let's say that. No, he, I hear you. I he's hear looked you. like a NFL quarterback the last few weeks, you know, um, that can actually make some stuff happen. But uh, the Browns are going to play the Steelers. Um, are, the, the Browns will be at the Steelers. So what's your prediction on that? They, the Browns recently beat the Steelers to, to get into the playoffs um, a week ago. And now they're about to play again. Um, and Juju Smith-Schuster says the Browns are the Browns. You know, they're like great faces over there. So, um, <laughs> this guy, if he's, not, if he's not making TikToks, he's talking out his ass. So um, oh, yeah. That's what he does. Well, what's your prediction for that? You know, I want to pick the, the Browns. I want to pick the Browns. But the fact that the coach is out, I don't know. I just I don't feel as though that's going to – it's just weird. You know what I mean? Uh, it's something because – you know, it's their first playoff game in God knows how long. And I just, as much as I want to pick them, I just feel as though the, 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 the present, the playoff experience that the Steelers have is going to take over and they're going to win that game. So I'm picking the Steelers. I've, I don't know, because I feel like with, you know, with, with this game, I've, you know, even I know it's a big, you know, rivalry game between these two teams and I know the Browns are in a really tough spot and uh you know with not only their coaching situation but as as far as the personnel that they're missing with Olivier Vernon and uh you know Denzel Ward as well two of their best defensive players uh unfortunately as much as I'd like to pick the Browns to win uh yeah I just have to go with the Steelers uh you know I'd like to see the Browns win and pull off the upset but I think they're just so at, at this disadvantage with, you know, the guys that aren't there and, and won't be available to them tonight that I think it's going to come back to, you know, to, to bite them and to cost them this, this game. Uh, I think the this, this Steelers are, you know, definitely, you know, the, the better team, uh, you know, slightly better. Uh, I think, you know, they'll put, play better than what they have towards the end of the season, uh, you know, particularly in on offense. I think their offense will – is going to get going and, and play better and, you know, and be more effective than what it was. Uh, you know, they're going to have to, you know, be, be good in the short passing game. So I think, you know, with Ben Roethlisberger, we'll, we'll definitely have to be a really play really well and, and be on top of this game. And I think if he is, then the Steelers will have a really good chance of winning this game, in which I think that will be the case. Yeah, I mean – I think I want the story to be, you know, the Browns went in there without a coach, without players, and the underdog just, you know, went out and just took it, you know. But my sane self tells me, you know, that the Steelers should take this game, you know, um, just just because of all the circumstances surrounding the Browns, and you guys already mentioned them. So, you know, I feel bad for them because it sucks that they can't have their coach. You know, it sucks that they, you know, they, they they're out really good players. Um, but we've seen crazier things in this league before. We've seen the Steelers lose to some really terrible teams, you know. So um, don't know what's gonna happen, but I, I predict that that the Steelers would win, you know. Um, right, but that's definitely gonna be a r- really close game, even with you know as much as the Browns are missing. I still think they're gonna compete and play hard. I just don't think they have enough to be able to win and pull off the upset. Even though I'd like to see it happen, but. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. But that's going to be it for us for the NFL. We're going to go into the NBA where there's a lot There's a lot happening with the NBA. Um, you know, un- unlike the bubble, 
you know, coronavirus is, has affected the NBA tremendously this year so far already. And it's, it's been a short season, you know, um, all these guys are flying to all these games. They're in different cities. They're going back home. There's a lot at risk for these guys. And, you know, it's just not a good setup as, as we can see, you know, um, cause a lot of people are coming up positive. So, um, the 76ers, Seth Curry, Tobias Harris, Shake Milton, Matisse Teibel, Vince Portier, Vincent Portier, Poirier. It's not Portier, it's Poirier. Um, Poirier, right, right. Yeah, he, they, they all were out for the game due to COVID-19 protocols. And um, they had seven active players. Uh, we saw rookie Tyrese Maxey blow up, blow up with 37 points in that game. Um, you know, predictably, they lost, but not by much. And lose by much. It was still, you know, a somewhat competitive game, um, but it was hard. The Mavericks lost Jalen Brunson, Josh Richardson, Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, the Miami Heat lost Avery Bradley, the Wizard, Wizards, Bradley Bill. Uh, the Nets lost Kevin Durant um, to that. He actually, I don't think he tested positive, but he was around somebody that, that um, you know, had tested positive. But Kevin Durant still has the antibodies in him since – um, he actually had the COVID-19 before, so he could be on his way back um, for the next game. So uh, that's that. Um, and this, the coronavirus has hit the Celtics as well. So Robert Williams tested positive. Jason Tatum tested positive. Um, and due to that, Jalen Brown, Sammy Ojale, Javante Green, Grant Williams, Tristan Thompson, um, they're all in health and safety protocols and will miss games against Miami Heat on Sunday, January 10th. Um, leaving them with very little players to play. And the players that are going to be playing is Marcus Smart, Jeff Teague, Peyton Pritchard, Carson Edwards, uh, Tremont Waters, Aaron Neesmith, Daniel Tyson, Taco Falls. So um, we're up to see some interesting, very, very interesting game. Um, you know, how, how, do you, how do you guys think this is going to, you know, affect the NBA? Do you guys think that's something that's going to eventually, you know, start causing teams not to be able to play games and maybe interfere with the season? You know, I think that there are going to be games that are going to be affected by this. Um, there are going to be games that are going to be postponed because they don't have enough players. But I don't think it's going to derail the season at all. I think just the same way that the MLB dealt with it, where they had to postpone a couple of games, I think they're going to have to do that. I think what they're going to do, though, I think they're going to basically increase the safety protocols for um, the players so that the players don't, you know, I mean, don't go out, don't go to bars. I think they're just going to make that a lot stricter. Um, but I, I do believe that um, the season will continue. Um, like I said, they're going to be postponed some games, but, um, you know, it's the, it's the it's COVID-19. That's that's what it is this year. You're just going to have to deal with it. Yeah, um, but I want to start out by saying that the, you know, that's already happened, actually, with, you know, games being postponed with the Celtics and, the Heat, they actually, um, their game got officially postponed. Oh, wow, uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. They, they I did not see that. Announced. Yeah, I just saw that on uh, my phone as, uh, as an update and from breaking news. So they did decide to do that because I believe the Heat had um, someone that also tested for COVID. But, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with Vlad on, on this one. I think, you know, it's definitely concerning as far as uh, how COVID has hit. The, the NBA and the number of teams it's already hit in the short amount of time that this season has been played. Uh, I certainly, you know, think that, you know, maybe they should take a little, you know, pause and, you know, and give times teams time to, you know, heal and, you know, recover 
from this and just feel, feel like it's hitting way too many teams at this point in time. Uh, but I've uh, been hearing that the league has no plans in doing that. So I think most likely they're not going to do that. They'll probably just, like you said, have to make the rules, you know, stricter for the teams. But I feel like they've already made the rules stricter and it still hasn't really, uh, you know, done much and been good enough. I don't know if these guys are, you know, responsible or mature enough to, you know, be able to go by the rules since, you know, a number of them have already, you know, broken the rules and we're seeing the, their teams suffer the consequences for that. Uh, so, I mean, unfortunately, I don't know what else the league can do at this point. I mean, it's too little, too late to do the bubble thing again since the season's already started. So, uh, we'll see what happens and how this season goes along with them. Um, you know, with what has gone on. Uh, but I'm hoping that they can make it through this season. Uh, but I do have my concerns that, you know, they may not be able to do that, uh, you know, for too much longer. We'll, we'll wait and see on that. Yeah, the NBA is in a tough spot, you know. You can't really ask these guys to quarantine themselves for, what, like seven, eight months or whatever. Um, you know, no, what, like five months for the end, you know, for the rest of the season you know, um, be away from their families and stuff like that. Um, unless you're going to create a way for all their families to be there, which that stuff will be causing, you know, costing huge amounts of money, you know, um, you know, based of all the accommodations they've got to make amenities, you know, the ways they just have to, you know, organize themselves to accommodate these players. So I don't think that's realistic at all. Um, but definitely this, this season is not going to be postponed because, a lot of money's involved, man. And, you know, you saw the NFL, you saw MLB. Games will be played, you know. You guys you guys agreed to play. So that's what we're going to do, you know. Um, one guy, you know, that hasn't agreed to play for some reason is uh, Kyrie Irving. Um, so he decided not to play on Thursday, January 7th against the 76ers. Um, the, you know, the comment from Steve Nash was, I messaged with Kyrie Thursday. Nash said, I'm just going to keep the conversation between us. And apparently when, you know, Kyrie Irving was asked, he said he just didn't want to play. Um, and, and that was it. Um, I know you guys saw that because, you know, when Kyrie Irving speaks, it's like headline news. So what, what do you guys think is going on? You guys think it's because of the insurrection that just happened the other day and Kyrie's just like so conflicted or like what do you guys think is going on? Yeah, I think it's pretty much related to what happened at the U.S. Capitol over the weekend, over the week. Um, I think that's his way of protesting, which I'm not going to even hold it against him. Um, I know it's weird. It's Kyrie and um, Kyrie be doing weird shit. And um, especially us, Boston, we, we don't fuck with Kyrie like that. But I think this time I'm going to give him a pass. I think, I think he's out there just um, protesting against what happened. What I do, what I have a problem with is that nobody knows that's what he's doing. So there's no awareness he's raising. You know, he's not. Well, yes. do you think you want him to be, Ky I mean, Colin Kaepernick? I don't, if that's what he wants to do, he should do that. But he should do it in a way that where he's talking to the press, he letting, like Colin Kaepernick told people what he was doing and people were like, oh shit, I'm going to support that. And there were, uh, there were other people that said, oh shit, I'm not going to support that. You know what I'm trying to say? But I, I like it more when the player comes out and say that's what they're doing because then everybody else, people can be behind him, people can be against him, but people know what's going on. So with him not 
you know, saying what's going on. Now people are people are thinking, okay, Kyrie being Kyrie, you know what I mean? So I do think he should speak up and tell people why why he's upset. Not just not just um, you know, the insurrection that happened at the Capitol, but also the Jacob Blake ruling came out and you know, no cops would be charged. Um if you guys don't know who Jacob Blake is, he's the guy that got shot point blank in his back and is now paralyzed, you know, with his I believe his kids were in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yep. he, he almost died. So I think the news dropped that wasn't happening either. And if you guys remember in the bubble, um, these guys were threatening to uh, actually boycott the season due to that same shooting. So, um, I, you know, maybe that's what Kyrie's going, you know, going through. Well, all, all of, all of that. Hmm. Barry, what'd you think? Yeah, I definitely don't agree with, uh, you know, Kyrie's decision not to play just in terms of, you know, you just sitting out just to sit out be you know because of uh, those two things that you guys just previously stated. I just feel like, what does that do, and how does that you know benefit and make the situation any better? Um, if, if anything, if you do actually want to make an impact and protest and uh, you know and and actually make some sort of effect on the situation from you know a positive standpoint then you would you know be smart enough to not only play but use your platform like we've seen a lot of players have been doing uh you know in in the league and this week uh to use their platform in a way that would you know like you guys said make raise awareness for these social injustice issues that are still um occurring to to this day uh, and, and that is still going on in this country. So I, I don't, you know, really see what sitting out does really for him or for, you know, his team and, you know, and, and for the situation that we're in as, as a country. Like, that accomplishes absolutely nothing. Like, I, I, I definitely um not on his, you know, side with, with it as, as far as sitting sitting out and, not re- re- really playing just because he doesn't want to play and, and is not in the mood to play. So I, I think he made the wrong decision and the wrong call on 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 this this one just for you know the reasons I just previously stated. So uh, yeah, that's how I see it with, with Kyrie. So no, I'm not giving him a pass on 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 this one. He needs to do what the other players have been doing in, in the league and follow suit if he actually wants to, you know. I actually be a leader and make some sort of impact on this situation. You know, what's funny, um, you know, Kyrie's made a lot of passive aggressive comments about these situations, like, you know, on like social media and stuff like that. But I don't think I've ever seen Kyrie like behind the podium answering questions for what, what's going on in the country. I don't think yeah, he's he ever hasn't done that. Sat no. down and, you know, because I posted the video about, Dray, you know, with Draymond Green pretty much coming hard at the situation, um, LeBron James. I, I don't think I've ever seen Kyrie make any public statement about these situations going on. It's always, like, out of the mouth of other people. It's always, like, through some social media stuff. Um, my thing is he's just, like, the wrong guy to, like, send these messages because, like, he just rubs people the wrong way a lot of the times. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, the, the way he's interacted you know, with the media in, in the recent history, you know, talking about their pawns or whatever. He doesn't talk to pawns or whatever. Um, I don't know. I think this guy has a platform, but he doesn't completely use it in the right way. Um, like Vlad said, I, you know, 
I think all of us are conflicted with this situation. But can can Vlad, can you just stop going to work? Yeah, I mean I cannot just go to work, but I think no, I no, can you just stop? It's like I I don't feel like working today. Yeah, no, I I cannot really I mean I cannot really do that, right? But <laughs> <laughs> but but he did talk to he did talk to his coach right and I'm pretty sure that if I mean my job the way my job operates and the way Kyrie job operates two different things so I'm not gonna compare them but if I hit up my boss and I'll be like yo I don't feel good because of what's happening because of the Jacob Blake shooting or what's happening with the with um the under US under US capital and I'm gonna take you know, maybe a couple of days off he'll understand are you getting paid hundreds of millions. I'm not though, but that's what I'm saying. His job, <laughs> his job and my job are two different things. So, okay, okay, I see. So, I see. so if, for me, for me, that's where it's like. That's where it's at. It's like Kyrie, you're getting paid millions of dollars here for like what is it, seventy two games this year? Yeah, for seventy two games. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's there are off days, Kyrie. Like throughout the season, you know, like whenever we're not practicing, you're by yourself. You're doing whatever. You know, use that time to bring awareness. You know what I'm saying? I feel like also, you know, you're one of the best players on your team, you know, pretty much on all teams that you go to. Like, I f if I'm one of the other players, I feel like, yo, that's pretty selfish. You know what I'm saying? All of yeah. us are out here going to these games. We're all risking our health, too, to go to these games. You know what I mean? And then you just, like, you always leave us high and drop. You know what I'm saying? And, and as a leader of a team, it just looks, it just looks bad. You know, and for you to be the guy that's on the, you know, news clippings all the time, um, you know, granted, I, I do think that the media hones in on, on Kyrie a lot of the time. You know, they want to know what he's doing. They want to report on it. Any little thing that's weird to them, they're, they're going to report on it. So they, they feed, we feed into that for sure. But um, I think he's just, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I mean, the one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to tell Kyrie how to protest. You know right. what I mean? So that's if, true. If that's the way he wants to protest, then he should do that. I just think I just think he should make it he could make it more known and he could spread more of the message if he actually talked to the media about it. Yeah, so moving on to uh, you know, more of the Celtics season right now. Actually, um, you guys know that the Celtics are number two in the East right now. And if they had played today and won the game, they'd be number one in the AF in the East right now. Nice. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Seven and three record, and so do uh, the 76ers. Um, and it's crazy because the 76ers had seven players active the other day, and, you know, they had to play the game. And same thing happened to us. And, you know, we're not playing the game, but again, one of the Heat's uh, players or whatever, you know, one of the members of that organization tested positive um, just recently. So Seth Curry, actually, it was. Who no, no, tested no. Positive. No, I'm talking about um, the Miami Heat and um, oh. the Celtics, right? So we don't we don't know who who tested positive as of yet on the Heat, right? Yeah, no, that I'm, didn't come out. Just I know, I know Avery Bradley was out, but I don't know if there's somebody else that tested positive. They must have, because you know they postponed the game today. Yeah, yeah. You know, they right, postponed right. It just recently. Right. right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Who knows who it was? I'm sure that will come out in the near future. Right, so the the Celtics went on to a little road trip, a uh, four game road trip, and they came out victorious. They posted a three and run one record, um, you know, which you know right now has them at the top of the AFC standings right now. Um, 
you know, so we saw them play the Raptors. We won, they won 126, 114, uh, saw them play the Heat. They won 107, 105. They beat the Wizards 116, 107. Um, and they've won pretty much four in a row. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have been playing very well. Um, you know, we've had some contributors so far. You know, as I predicted again, you know, Peyton Pritchard has been, you know, doing well. Uh, he, had, he had a game winner against the Washington Wizards um, the other night. Um, no, so it was, was against the Miami Heat, the, the game winner. Yeah, yeah, the Miami Heat. Um, and um, Taco Fall actually played, and I know New England loves Taco Fall, and everybody always asks for him, you know, to be in the games and stuff. He played 19 minutes the other day versus the Wizards, and he actually played pretty well, right? Um, what are you guys thinking about the team, you know, f- from the last time we spoke about them on, the, on this podcast? Well, the, the win against the Heat and the, the win against the Raptors were definitely great win, and I was very impressed by those wins. Um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, like you said, have been playing pretty well, and those guys have been playing pretty consistently, which I, which I really like. Um, I think we've I, – I, I have an issue with the, the giving up, giving up um, – we're giving up a lot of lead, you know what I mean? Like, against the Wizards, we were winning by, I don't know, 20-something, 25. And we, at the end of the game, they could have won that game. They had, they brought the game down all the way to four points, you know what I mean? I, I do think we are doing better at closing out games, which is good. But if we have a lead and we keep letting the leads go, go down like that, we, we're going to lose a couple of really, really games that we could have won. So um, the team is doing okay. They're doing better but we need to be able to sustain the leads when we have them. Yeah, without question, uh, Vlad, I'm certainly with you on that. I, I like where, you know, this team was was headed and, and how they've been playing as of late. Uh, you know, they've, they've been playing much better than what we saw in the, you know, the last stretch of games and, you know, and before the last time we were here. Uh, I think they've improved uh you know, and in terms of, I think they've been playing, you know, better defense, right? Sometimes they have lapses the way they're not playing as well defensively, but for the most part, I thought they've been playing pretty well on that end. Uh, you know, they've definitely been on offense, moving the ball better, uh, you know, taking, you know, better shots uh, and and getting to the basket more, which, which is what I wanted to see, uh, you know, since from the last time we're here. And I'm glad that I would We've been seeing that uh, from this team uh, within the last week or so. Uh, you, you know, de- de- definitely, you know, still not, you know, getting out to the best uh, starts and, and starting off slow, particularly in that Raptors game. Uh, the Raptors were, you know, really shot the ball well and, you know, and outplayed them in that first quarter, particularly the first, um, you know, half of that quarter. Certainly they fell in a hole where luckily they got themselves out of, but, you know, certainly don't want to see them continue to put themselves in those sort of situations and positions, uh, you know, m- moving forward. Uh, but, yeah, no, John, your boy, Payne Pritchard, or as people have been calling him, P-Rabbit. Uh, P-Rabbit. Yeah, yeah. Fast <laughs> P. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know he has tons of nicknames. Right, Eight right. Eight Mile. Yeah, that's what JT calls him, right, right. Uh, shoot, he already has so many niggas, or even the GOAT, as JB calls him. Uh, no, he's Boston, Boston P-Party. 
<laughs> I haven't heard that one. People, yeah, yeah. People have been saying that one too. I, I haven't the, heard the that, Boston that Pea Party. Oh yeah, that, that's pretty funny. I, I, that's the first time I've heard that, but that's hilarious. There's but, always uh, that one guy, man. That that one guy that we just like blow up and you know make fan favorites, and you know. Yeah, he's, he's already starting to become that guy. You know, in you know early in his rookie season, I think you know he's certainly you know played you know really well. Uh, and you know, it certainly looks like providing us with that bench scoring that we've been been needing. I know we've been needing the guy that can come in and give us you know some you know scoring punch and and some instant offense coming off the bench. We've been missing that for a while, so he looks you know to be filling that void. Um, you know, and, and he's you know playing you know pretty good defense as well, and he's always at the spots. You know, at, at the right time, the right places, at the right time, and you know, and, and knows how to, you know, make, you know, make make those put plays in, in crunch time when, you know, when the team needs, you know, someone to step up, and you know, and guys are, and teams are focusing on JB and JT. You know, he, you know, definitely has been finding ways to take advantage of of that, and you know, and, and, and be able to help the team win. I, I think you know everyone's contributed. Uh, you know, it sucks as far as what happened to, you know, Grant Williams and Tom Lord and Tristan Thompson because all those guys were playing well before, uh, you know, them having to be out because of COVID protocols. Um, you know, I was liking what I was seeing from each one of them. Uh, it's cool that they all bring something different to the table, uh, you, you know, and then their game. So I, that's definitely um, a tough hit for the Celtics. Uh, but I think you know, like we've and we've even seen the top two stars take their games to the next level too, um, as, which is what we wanted to see, uh, and, and wanted you know see them continue to grow uh, as well as the rest of the team. And I think you know, ho- hopefully, when everyone comes back, they can continue to keep playing well and can play well how they did before um, you know COVID hit the team. So I'm looking forward to to seeing that them continue to keep improving. And uh, and, and and keep growing and keep getting better as the season goes along. Like Vlad was saying, man, the only issue I have with this team is going up. You know, twenty-two, and you know they they have a good first quarter. You know, they they extend the lead in the second quarter, go up by like twenty-two, and then by the time the fifth minute in the fourth quarter comes, where you know the team has either tied or they're down by only four, and you know I'm at the edge of my seat, freaking, you know, like they just made it a game against the Wizards. You know, the other day, a uh, team we were obliterating pretty much all game, and then the last f- 10 minutes, we just forgot to play defense. Yeah, what happened on that game? Because, like, I watched that game, and then, like, I didn't watch that part where they blew the lead. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh, like, there was exactly um, had go- huge, happened? huge defensive lapses. You know, we were turning the ball over. Marcus Smart became a turn turnover machine. Out of nowhere, oh, um, oh, just T started turning the ball over. You know, at s- some of these moments, it's like, yo, give the ball to Peyton Pritchard, man, because he had, like, even though he's a rookie, he has the cleanest handle on the team already. It's it's, it's kind of weird. Cause, like, right, and he doesn't guy, turn it over. Right, right. One, his dribble never stops. He dribbles throughout the, the, you know what I'm saying? Like, he never picks up his dribble, you know? He's kind of yeah. like, um, what's that dude's name? Steve Nash in that way, where he's just like, He's constantly has the ball and he's moving it and mm-hmm. the way he maneuvers and, you know, 
if he's not scoring, he's creating for somebody else, and he has, like, great timely assists and stuff like that. And I feel like, you know, in some of these crucial moments, like, Marcus Mar, you shouldn't be handling the ball, you know, because for some reason in those moments he's, like, erratic, especially after, like, your, your second, third turnover. It's like, yo, take take him off the ball, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, for him, Peyton, he's – He's had some, you know, opportunities where he's pretty much capitalized on them throughout these games. And, you know, it's been good for him. Um, you know, other than that, I, it's, been, it's been good. We've seen Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. They're ascending. You know, um, I saw a stat the other day that, you know, they've had the most points as a duo in the league, you know, with like some of the top people out there, you know. Um, so they're, they're working pretty well. Um you know, you can tell that they like playing with each other. You can tell that, you know, Jason Tatum actually said, yo, we'll be playing together for a long time. So I think those rumors about, you know, James Harden being traded here, they're probably not, you know, they're probably not what's actually happening, you know, because, you know, the NBA is about rumors a lot of the times. But if Jason Tatum's telling you they're going to be playing together for a long time, you know, I don't think they, they would just trade Jalen Brown and not tell him anything. You know what I'm saying? Um, so right, right. I don't know about that. <laughs> your, your best player, you're not going to tell you, yo, you're, we're just going to trade. Yeah, people, I mean, it happens all the time. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to do that. Obviously, I'm not yeah. saying that. But I think, the, like, NBA the way, teams the way, are small enough. The way this league works, if, if, especially if you have a mogul that's good at making trades and the trade comes in, I'm not saying you're not going to let him know, but you don't, you don't necessarily know 10 days in advance. You might know one day, two days in advance. So you never know. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, regardless, Jalen Brown's making it hard. Oh, yeah. to even been, think about training him. Yeah, oh yeah. I, know? I, 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 like, don't wanna, I don't want to trade Jalen Brown for sure. <laughs> yo, the guy yeah, has no, improved. He's been showing improvements again. Like he's showing exactly. improvement every single year going on, and he's showing improvement again. Yeah. You know where his mid range is damn near ne- lethal now. It's, you know, right, know what right. I'm saying? Right. Um, you know he's attacking the basket at all times. You know um, he's making right passes. He's making timely shots. Like the guy has been. We clearly know who the top two players on this team are. You know, I think even when Kemba comes back, they're gonna know. Like, these guys are it. You know what I'm this saying? Is like, their team, exactly. It's, like, it really is their team, and mm-hmm. you know, they've they've taken on the challenge. Um, and you know, it's just been going well for them. And you know, I couldn't be, I couldn't be more happy for them because, especially for Jalen Brown, because I feel like he deserves it. You know, um, he hasn't been trusted so much to like be the leader of the team or or be the top option you know per se in the last couple of years but i'm glad that he's getting that chance and he's running away with it man and you know the way you know the chemistry works i don't know if you're gonna bring you're gonna trade that guy to bring in somebody else you know i i just don't see that happening right now you know right and i think jim brown there were a lot of questions um as far as people questioning whether he is a guy that's a superstar caliber player or a guy that could be a, like a number two option on a championship team. I think I know the season's still young and still early, but I think he's already proven and answered those questions that, yes, he is a superstar caliber player and that he can be, uh, you know, a top two option um, on a championship team or even a top one option because I feel like him and Tatum, those guys – flip-flop because either one of those two can go off for 30, 35, even 40 on any given night. Like, so it's, you know, it's whoever who's hot and who has, who's in rhythm and who has has it going offensively that that's, you can go to, but you can ride either one of those guys um, 
and be able to, you know, to, to, to win a lot of games and even win a championship, uh, you know, with them. Obviously, it has to have to prove that they can do it in the playoffs consistently. But I feel like they're starting to get to that point. And, you know, we're starting to see that slowly but surely. Yeah, man. And like you said, I hope I hope this thing continues, man. So some of the Celtics' next few games, they're going to be playing the Bulls January 12th. At uh, 8 p.m., if, you know, that game's not postponed, you know, due to coronavirus, um, they're going to be facing the Magic on Wednesday, January 13th at 7.30 uh, p.m., you know. Uh, and then the Celtics versus Magic again Friday, January 13th at 7.30. Um, and then Sunday, the 17th at, at 1 p.m., uh, they have another game. So we'll see what happens with that. And, you know, we'll talk about them, you know, come, come next episode and all the games they got going on right now. So moving on to the MLB. Cleveland Indians trade Francisco Lindor to the Mets. Um, and that's pretty, you know, that's notable news in, in the MLB this week. Uh, for the NHL, Patrice Bergeron, you know, when it comes to, you know, uh, the Bruins and th- that matters. Patrice Bergeron has been named a new captain of the team, which, you know, I feel like was predictable because he's been one of the leaders of our team for a long time. So congratulations to him. Um, and that's going to be it for some of our sports because I don't believe, Vlad, you don't have any soccer this week. Not this week. Okay. Um, so we're going to move into questions of the week. Uh, Galette Paul uh, from Malden. You know, he's his yes, first sir, time my guy. sending, um, you know, uh, a, a question to, to the platform. So do you believe Peyton Pritchard can become a superstar player and popular player like Kyrie Irving and Jason Tatum? You know, I'm not going to put him there yet. There's no, I mean, even Jason Tatum is not where Kyrie is yet. You know what I mean? Kyrie is a um, multiple-time All-Star. Um, he's a um, ch- NBA champion, and you, I'm just not, you know, I'm just not going to do that yet. Peyton Pritchard looks like a good little player right now, and he looks like he can be a very serviceable player. Now he's going to have to improve every year to become one of those players. Like, right now, he looks really good. He looks really good. You know, he had four years in college. Four years in college, he got to improve. So a lot of those, all of those guys that come out of college, you know, after one year, he didn't have to, like, go through that learning process. You know what I'm trying to say? But I'm not going to predict that yet. I think he's going to be a solid player, um, definitely a solid player in, in the NBA. And the next this by the end of this year, we'll see if he can surmount to a superstar. Yeah, no, I, I like what I'm seeing from this kid. Uh, Pritchard so far, um, you know, as I previously was saying during our Celtic segment, uh, but yeah, it's definitely too early to tell and as far as whether he'd become a superstar caliber player like, you know, Kyrie, uh, is, I mean, he's a long ways away from, from, from that. I think he's, uh, certainly, you know, a, a good role player is a good piece, you know what I'm saying? To, to have, uh, he's certainly shown that he's worth already playing big minutes in the, in the rotation and having a pretty significant role on on a really good uh, team and an Eastern Conference contender. Uh, but, you know, we, we still, like you kind of said, that we still need to see more body of work uh, for, from him. And, you, you know, we, we need him to, to continue to do this for multiple seasons uh, before we can even, you know, put him in the same uh, – you know, category and in the same sentence as, you know, Kyrie Irving. Uh, you know, he certainly, you know, he still isn't even as good as Jason Tatum right now at the moment. Uh, so, he, he, you know, he, he certainly has some really good things 
uh, grown for him and that he's been able to do well, um, you know, so far. You know, he just has to, you know, continue to do that and continue to, you know, and improve as, as a player as the season goes along. But I certainly even think he could possibly even be a candidate for, for Rookie of the Year. I know LaMelo Ball's probably, you know, going to be the top guy for, for that and, you know, and the favorite to win that. But I think, you know, he should at least get some consideration and get some votes, um, you know, for, for that award, uh, you know, if he continues to play well. Uh, but I certainly like what I'm seeing from him so far. Uh, but, yeah, he's still as miles and miles away from, you know, being – a superstar player in this league, but yeah, he, he certainly has the potential to do it. He just has to, you know, continue to play well and and be effective when he's on the floor. If he if he gets uh, to, if he gets to play the way um, if he gets to play more minutes because of the COVID protocol, because you know so many guys might not play, I think that's gonna give you more of what he's like because he's gonna play more minutes. You know, what I mean, he's gonna be more in the game, so. I, I would I would like to see what that looks like when he plays like 25, 30 minutes in one game. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Right. To and answer the, the question, um, oh, to ahead, answer the question, um, yeah, no, that's not happening. All right, like that's let's just Peyton. I, I love Peyton Pritchard. I, I I talked about him. The first person to talk about him on this show, and um, that's that's just not gonna happen. Okay. Um, his, you know, we're comparing him. Like his comparisons in the NBA are. Um, T.J. McConnell and Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet hasn't been an all-star yet, and we've seen he's done some shit already in this league. You know what I mean? Jason Tatum just became an all-star. Kyrie Irving was the rookie of the year. All right? He was, like, the number one pick out of the draft, okay? Yeah. Like, Jason Tatum came in and started on a playoff team. You know let's what I'm saying? Let's not like, get ahead of ourselves now. Like, this, no, it's not happening, okay? Like, Peyton Pritchard will be a good point guard in this league. He'll be a good serviceable point guard that makes timely plays. Um, might even get hot, you know, um, from, from a nightly basis. You know what I'm saying? Because he's done it before. But for him to be an all-star in this league, like, can we even think about how many all-stars are in this league right now? And for him to be, what, he's going to go past uh, Jalen Brown? Because Jalen Brown hasn't been an all-star yet. Yeah. So, like, he's probably going to be, like, the fifth option on our team at all times. You know what I'm saying? Um, and even this year, yeah, he's being mentioned as the rookie of the year. But when 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 um, Kemba comes back, like his minutes are going to go way down, you know, so he's not going to even have a chance to be rookie of the year. You know, um, I think he's going to be he's a he's a point guard of the future for the Celtics. You know, I think he's one of them. But um, an all star. That's not happening. You know, like like this guy has to he's had to he has to go off for him to be making all star team. He has to get the votes. Like he has to be a starter on a team for him to even, you know, to be an all star. That's yeah. that. That's not happening yet. I was I was afraid John was gonna go. Yeah, yeah, man. I was actually. <laughs> I was that's actually, his guy. Huh? I was actually like, yo, that's that's John's oh, guy. No, John, no. I was like, John might be blinded by the by no. what he's saying. Well, I I know a basketball player when I see him, but I'm not stupid. I'm like, yeah. I know this guy can play. <laughs> you know, I know he can help us, but he ain't gonna you know take over games and win, start winning games on his own anytime soon. You know, if ever. Yeah. All right. Like, you know, like think about how many. You know, no, no offense to anybody. How many small white point guards in this league have made it to the All Star? It's like John Stockton. Who who else? 
Bob Jason Cousy. Williams? Bob Cousy. Williams. Bob Cousy. <laughs> Steve Nash. Steve Nash. <laughs> and come on, man. Uh, and and the offense was like made for Steve Nash over there with Mike yeah. D'Antoni. You know what I'm saying? The right, guy right. ran everything. You know, that's just never gonna happen. Um, you know, would I love to see it? I'd love to see it for sure. But realistically, hey, that's not gonna happen, man. Um, you know, but thank you for sending in a question for the first time, Galette Paul. We yeah, appreciate thank you, Joe Paul. Appreciate it, man. He's a um, big fan of the show, so appreciate right. the support, thanks. man. Thanks for the question. Thanks for listening. Right, and we got your shirt, man. We got your shirt. Yeah, yeah we're um, going to get that to you soon, bro. Yes, sir. Uh, Eddie Rodriguez, he's finally back on the show. Yes, I Eddie is back. You know, maybe Eddie was uh, a little nervous about the Steelers losing those games at the end of the year because he hasn't sent a question in for a couple weeks now. But I appreciate it's, it's back. It's been about a month. It's been a while. <laughs> a couple what, weeks. What happened, yeah, at, Eddie? At least a month. What you happened, know, Eddie? You know what? Eddie, thank you for the question. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie's question. I, I guess he must have been shook with the way them Steelers have been looking lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, he man. He must have been real nervous. Uh, Eddie Rodriguez from Philadelphia, PA. Um, so his question is, do, do the Steelers have a chance to make it to the divisional round? And do you think Will with Spillane and Fillier back, we can go further. I don't even know who these guys are. <laughs> they're, they're, backup players. They're, they're the backup linebackers. Oh, damn. I think um, to answer the question, Eddie, thank you for the question again. But I think to answer your question, I do think the Steelers have a chance to make it to the division round. They did lose Wait, that. What's the divisional round? Like the, the, the next the round. Next round. No, the next oh, round. the next, the next round. one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the one before the championship round. Okay, cool, cool. I do think they have a chance, like we predicted. We did a prediction earlier in the, on the show. Um, I do think that the Browns, with their coach not being there and them missing a couple of players, I think it's going to be hard for them. I, I do think they have a chance to beat the Steelers. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens as well. But I think the Steelers' experience, playoff experience, is going to prevail and they're going to make it to the division around. But that's it. That's, that's all you're going to go. That's, you know, you're not going to go further than that. Yeah, I'm with uh, Vlad on, on this one. I certainly think, you know, there's no reason why the Steelers should lose this game. There's, there's no excuse. And, um, you know, as far as why, in, you know, they, they, they should, you know, shouldn't win this game tonight against the Cleveland Browns on, a, on Sunday night. Uh, I mean, they have pretty much everything at their advantage and everything going for them. Uh, no, it's definitely a game that they should be able to win, particularly at home. Uh, so, so yeah, they they absolutely should make it to the divisional round. Uh, but as far as going further than that, I don't think it's gonna happen. But you know, stranger things have happened in in the playoffs, and you know, as they say, any given Sunday, um, anything you know can happen in the playoffs and, and on that field. But I don't think they're going to make a deep, you know, playoff run. I think that if they were playing anybody else but the Cleveland Browns, they're lucky they even playing the Cleveland Browns. Had they been playing another opponent, they'd be one and done. They, they yes. wouldn't even they wouldn't even win tonight. Though that's the only reason why they're winning this game tonight is because they're playing the Cleveland Browns. That's pretty much it. I I, I agree with you, Barry. I think any of any of the other playoff teams in the AFC, the Titans, the Ravens. Um, Buffalo, I think they would have been in the Colts. That's it. Just the Colts and the Browns. Right. I think even the Colts would have, you know, could have beaten them, you know, possibly since they just played them a few 
uh, weeks ago, and they just barely beat the Colts, and the yeah. Colts were up big in that game. Uh, you know, but so, but yeah, so yeah, I think you know that that's really where I'm at with that game as far as those two guys. I mean, who the hell knows? <laughs> they damn like what, like third and fourth string players. I know uh, they've been banged up at linebacker all season long. Uh, you know, with you know Devin Bush, you know being injured for the season um, earlier this year, uh, Bud Dupree was another really big, um, you know, part of their defense and linebacking core. He is out for the rest of the season as well. So I know T.J. Watt's been playing exceptionally well. Um, you know, but but I, as far as those guys, like I, you know what I'm saying, I don't even know who they are really and uh, and what they bring to the table. So. I, I don't really think they're even going to have any impact um, on how far the Steelers go just because, I mean, how often do, like, backups, you know, have impact as, you know, a team making a deep playoff uh, run. Not, not but, you know, not too many times that happens. So, yeah, I, I don't think we're really going to see too much uh, from the, the, those guys, even though I'm sure they'll probably play more just because of the injuries. But, yeah, I don't, I'm not really expecting too much from either one, uh, you know, in this game against the Browns in, in the playoffs at all. I'm gonna, John, John, I'm going to let you go, but I, I just, I just want to say, Eddie, Eddie think we have some sort of production team in the background, in the back, doing research for us. We, we don't have no production team, bro. There's, <laughs> there's, there's no way, I know you think we should know these players, but we, we don't. But yeah, yeah. I mean, if we if we were a bigger podcast and we had a production team, our intern would be doing that research for us. We'll but, get there. But uh, but right now we don't, man. We just don't. Yeah, um, Eddie, man. Thank you for bringing sending in the question, bro. You know, I'm not even gonna answer it because my my guys already told you everything that you need to know. Um, what I'm what I am gonna say is like, I advise you to keep it real with yourself. Just like we kept it real with ourselves about the Patriots season all year, okay? Like, we knew exactly right. what was happening, and we were not sugarcoating shit and, you know, giving ourselves a sense of false hope. You know what I'm saying? Like, Vlad did predict that we would win every last game. But we thought there was but, a pass to the playoffs. Right, right, right. But we, we always did keep things, you know, realistically. We always critiqued mm-hmm. the game how it was supposed to be critiqued. You know what I'm right. saying? We told you all year you've been sending us these questions that the Steelers are front runners. They haven't been winning against good teams all year. All their wins came against, like, not really great teams. And even the wins that they got, you know, it wasn't like a crazy convincing win anyway, you know. Um, so just, just keep it real. You know, teams go on hot streaks all the time. That's great. I don't know if that's in the in Steelers playoffs because they backed up. They backed into the playoffs this year. They didn't move forward into it. They were losing games going into this. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. for them to start winning and, like, you know, they're not going to – I can't even say that. I was going to say I'm not going to go to the Super Bowl, but I'm not even going to say that, you know. Um, but I don't think they move past this next round that's coming up, you know, because every team is built to beat them right now. It's just not realistic for them. Like Ben Roethlisberger doesn't look like himself at all. Like if you look at it, he doesn't look like himself, man, at all. You know, as far as like him throwing the ball, um, pushing the ball downfield, he can't do that right now. And I'm like Barry was saying, man, and Vlad – we don't have a production team. So Spillier and, you know, Spillane, Fury, like, 
We all know these <laughs> Exactly. You know, <laughs> For and, real. <laughs> you know it, it's, it's where the fans of the pros go, not ESPN. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> not yet ESPN. We not will yet. One day, we're, though. We're, we we're coming up. We will get there for, for sure. Slowly but surely. We're coming up, man. So, right, right. Now, again, man, thank you so much for, you know, thank continual you, support. Paul, appreciate you guys. For real. Sending us these Keep questions supporting. all the time. You know what I mean? Um, we appreciate it. And we're going to go into uh, the B-Money Lifestyle Person of the Week for, you know, to close out the show. Yes. So, I uh, actually have a pretty cool and, you know, special and kind of touching story to, you know, to share with you guys for this B-Money Lifestyle Person of the Week. Uh, and speaking of the you know, Cleveland Browns and Pittsburgh Steelers is actually is related to that. So the person for the Be Money Lifestyle um, Person of the Week is actually going to be Baker Mayfield. Uh, so what had happened, you know, th- this week, this past week was that uh, a lifelong Browns fan and uh, Tom Seepel, uh, uh, you know, who's actually in a hospice care, um, unfortunately, Hospice? Uh, yeah, hospice. Thank you. So no, does that mean right. he's, he's dying? Yeah, yeah pr- pr- pretty much. He's, um, you know, close to his time, you know, running out and and, and dying, unfortunately, uh, he, since he has a kidney cancer. Uh, so he pretty much had posted on Reddit uh, just kind of thinking all of, you know, the Browns fans and, you know, for, for their support through his tough time and, uh, you know, and, and thanking them for being such great fans uh, and, and, and that he, you know, he really appreciates, you know, being part of the Cleveland Browns fan base. So they were, what was cool was that they were actually able to, you know, get in contact with Baker Mayfield's wife. So this um, podcast that, um, you know, the Browns, a group of Browns fans do called the Dogs of War podcast had emailed uh, Baker Mayfield's wife about this person who, you know, was, was dying and, you know, has, was a big Browns fan. So she then had, you know, sent, showed Baker Mayfield that email that she received and they were actually able to get him uh, tickets to their game that they just played last week against the uh you know the Steelers in which they ended up uh clinching a playoff spot uh so they you know he was able to actually attend that game and see that game in person and he hadn't really seen a game in a while due to his condition so and Baker Mayfield had even posted a uh, you know message on Instagram an inspirational message uh just thanking him for his support and uh, and, and, you know, for, you know, always supporting the team and, you know, throughout, you know, his, his time being a fan and throughout the condition he's been to. So uh, what was pretty cool is that not only did they get him tickets, but she offered him, Baker Mayfield's wife offered him 10 seats in her personal suite for that game. So uh, I thought that and they were actually able you know, to even raise a GoFundMe uh, which raised over $24,000, um, you know, for, and th- that was spent on, you know, the, the tickets for, for the game. And, uh, and and he actually, after the game, after watching the game, he actually got to not only meet the guys from the podcast um, that helped him get to the game, but also got to meet uh, Baker Mayfield's wife and Baker Mayfield as well um, in the locker room. 
Uh, so that was pretty cool of them to, you know, be able to, you know, do that for him to get a chance to meet, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield and his wife after the game. And then uh, instead of waiting for an Uber to, you know, get back to the hospice, uh, Baker Mayfield and his wife actually drove him back, you know, home back to where he was staying at uh, after the, the game. So he didn't have to wait for an Uber as well. Um, so I just thought that was a pretty inspirational and, you know, touching and, uh, and, and, and you know, very ge- generous and genuine thing, uh, you know, by Baker Mayfield and his wife and the Cleveland Browns fans to do. So I just wanted to recognize them uh, for that and, you know, and show that they are really good people, you know, th- that really do good, positive things, uh, you know, that are professional athletes and NFL athletes. So I gained a lot of respect for Baker Mayfield and his wife and the Cleveland Browns fans um, that were able to help this uh, person, you know, attend the game for in his last days of his life. So, you know, that that was definitely great. And, uh, you know, and it really touched me when I read that story. So congratulations to uh, Baker Mayfield and his wife, uh, you know, on B&B Money Lifestyle Person of the Week. And shout out to the Dogs of War on Browns podcast. Um, And that's definitely that B Money Lifestyle. So thank you um, guys for letting me share that story. Thank you, man. That was a good one. That was a good one. And um, that's going to be it. For us, for this week, um, for episode 42, we'll catch you on episode 44 next week. And that's it for the Pro Fan Sports Podcast, where the fans of the pros go. Uh, if you're still watching, thank you so much for continual support. Subscribe to the channel, please. Tell your friends about it. Share share the links. Share the videos. Watch them. Do whatever. While you're cleaning, you know, comment on them. Um, whatever. You know, we'll catch you on the next episode. All right? Have a good week. Peace. Peace out, guys. Have a good week. See you next week.